It is Thursday, November 10th, and you are listening to another edition of the West of the Rest podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined by my co-host, Mr. Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor at 24-7 Sports. Also, the purveyor of 14-hour college football viewing sessions. And and Huff, I think you watched so much college football this weekend that your power is now out. It was the most remarkable point counterpoint I could have experienced. I, maybe it was because I had three TVs wired and hooked up, plus my computer, plus my iPad, plus charging my phone, that now the law of nature and gravity is getting back at me. Yeah, I do think that you had something to do with that. And and you know as as we record this, you might sound a little bit different, and that's because you are you are you are being a trooper right now, and you are recording this via alternate technology during a power outage. I mean, if that doesn't scream commitment, then then you know I I, I don't know what does. Thank you, and I think there needs to be something to be said that like in adverse times, people overcome adversity. Some people don't. Some do. But when they check my heart at the cardiologist, they'll find dog in there, Blair. <laughs> You're so committed that this podcast should come with a, with a notes app. It, it really should. And not only that, I'm so committed that not only should it come with a notes app, there should be a label on here warning extreme commitment. Not the silent type, not the... Not not the silent commitment, not not those that we don't like. Uh, no, this is a solid commitment. Uh, we're going to exactly. discuss plenty of recruiting buzz. Tausili Akana, the number one edge rusher out West, took another official visit. We'll provide the latest on his recruitment. Walker Lyons, one of the better tight ends in the country, committed to Stanford, was also uh, across the country taking another visit. Caleb Lomu, the top 24-7 offensive tackle from the state of Arizona. We have the latest in his recruitment. A couple crystal balls went in earlier this week. Boise State had a big week. Texas is revving up for a, a, a massive weekend, including and, and featuring a number of West Coast prospects. But before we get there, let's begin with our overreaction segment. And, and Huff, this is a West Coast recruiting podcast, and we typically and usually talk about West Coast recruits, but also West Coast, West Coast college football players. And there were plenty of them to discuss uh, over the weekend. Are we overreacting when we're saying that West Coast is dominating college football? I mean, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, West Coast. The lead for the Heisman Trophy this year, West Coast. The most exciting game of the day on Saturday, both quarterbacks in the SEC from the West Coast. Uh, do we even want to talk about the best receiver for Clemson on Saturday would be cornerback Benjamin Morrison of Notre Dame, West Coast. I guess we we'll consider Arizona the West Coast. But I, I think you know it's time for the rest of the country to realize that West Coast, best coast. I think you're I think you're spot on there. Uh I think now we're beginning to finally see some of those flashes that we saw from Jaden Daniels as a true freshman when he was at ASU. And every program I think in the country and especially in the West Coast wondered how did Jaden Daniels end up at ASU? How did USC not land Jaden Daniels? How did UCLA not land Jaden Daniels? And although the answer is hidden somewhere, uh, I do feel like now we're beginning to see the full potential of what Jaden Daniels was and what he can be, you know, and, and that's a very effective passer, a player that can extend plays, a player that can be creative outside the pocket, and a player that I think maybe gets overlooked in terms of his passing efficiency. Uh, you know, I'm not sure he was completely comfortable at ASU considering all the other variables around him considering the 
you know the the investigations going into uh the recruiting violations uh obviously i think it seemed like the roster kind of turned over and he he lost a lot of that locker room or i guess a lot of the locker room kind of went into his own stuff if you remember that video but <laughs> i think jaden daniels now is coming into his own and he's proving it not only against one of the better defenses in the country against against Alabama, but uh, obviously week in and week out for LSU. And, and now they're in the top 10 in the college football playoff uh, polls. I mean, think about the first half of the Florida State game when that offense really couldn't chug along at all. And then he has that pretty remarkable touchdown drive to end the game. It ended with them missing a PAT that would have tied it and sent it into overtime. But even then, we saw those flashes from Jaden. You know, it was brought up on the broadcast on Saturday that this guy's a true freshman ended Oregon's playoff dreams on a Saturday night in Tempe when then Justin Herbert was a senior. They, Oregon team would go on to win the Rose Bowl and Utah's playoff dreams itself, but Arizona State from a remarkable game from Jaden Daniels. So we've seen those flashes, but now I think you nailed it, Blair. I think there just something wasn't right at ASU the last couple of years, not just last year, but even the last two years, his true freshman was probably his best season. Then he had the COVID year. But on Saturday, he just looked so much more loose, so much more free. And what a weapon for Brian Kelly. And you saw what he did to the Alabama defense, and he flustered them. So it was one of those games where you watched Jaden Daniels, and ASU fans probably felt like Auburn fans have felt all year watching Bo Nix. Like, where was that? Why couldn't you have kept doing that for us here? Yeah, if you take a look back at the 24-7 sports rankings in that 2019 class, which Jaden Daniels was a part of, he was the number one rated dual threat quarterback in the country, if you remember correctly. And that's when dual threat was still separated from pro style. Uh, Both of those positions have now been clumped and we're just ranking quarterbacks specifically as that position. But Kayvon Thibodeau, first round draft pick, uh, he was number one in that class in the state of, of California. You have Brew McCoy, who went to Texas, went back to Tennessee, uh, now is at Tennessee. He was second in the state. Kyle Ford's at USC, four-star receiver. Uh, Sean Ryan is in the NFL, right? I think he uh, he got drafted, was it third or fourth round out yeah, of UCLA? Third rounder, by the and then it was Jaden Daniels, number five. And then you have Zach Charbonnet, who's lighting up the Pac-12 uh, and is one of the better burning backs in the country, uh, you know, who ended up signing with Michigan, but is is at UCLA now. So that rounds out the top six. So Jaden Daniels, like an elite company there, right? Uh, one of the better running backs in the in the country there. Uh, Sean Ryan, NFL. Kayvon Thibodeau, NFL. Brew McCoy, Cal Ford, two big-time pass catchers that are still coming into their own and battling some injuries. But, you know, no, no one would be surprised if in two or three years, both of those guys are, are in the league too. So, you know, Jane Daniels, not a slash by any means, but it kind of goes to show you the depth and the ability for some of the players from the state of California and the West Coast as a whole to eventually get their footing and and really make an impact on, on the college football game. Um, you know, I was curious kind of what your thoughts were on the Georgia performance, right? You, you look at Georgia and what they're doing with some of the West Coast prospects and a number of them made it out there this weekend. They, they weathered that four or five hour flight to get out to Athens that that trip isn't easy especially after you play your own high school game on a Friday night and that kind of just goes to show you if you're winning if you're producing if you're developing talent at the level that Kirby Smartest is doing so like all these kids are just going there and it's it's really a dream I think to be on that recruiting board right now 
I was talking to Isendri Afua, known as Papa. He's the number one interior offensive lineman in the 2024 class. Played a playoff game on Friday night, went down on a red eye, and then said it was the most incredible football experience he's ever been a part of, the most incredible atmosphere. So you got to imagine where, you know, you, you've got the West Coast and you have two of the most preeminent football facilities in, you know, American history with the Rose Bowl and the Coliseum. Yet, rarely are either stadiums ever filled to capacity. The Rose Bowl is on New Year's Day, but you get a lot of these West Coast kids, they go down there and they experience what, you know, some are saying was the loudest crowd they'd ever heard, you know, between the hedges. And you you got to, you know, imagine what that day is like when you're playing a top three team, when there's two top three teams going at it to a West Coast kid. I mean, it, it resonates with them. And we'll talk about it later in the show, but there, there were guys that, you know, are committed to other schools that go down there for that game for an official or an unofficial. And it has their head spinning about, is that maybe the spot to go for? Is Georgia now where Alabama was the last 10 years? Is Kirby Smart transcending or or ascending the Georgia program to where they are the power that be? Not in a plural sense, but in a singular sense. And I think that's one of those things that now makes Georgia even more appealing. Yeah, I completely agree. I remember going to Tennessee, actually. I think this was 20... Uh, not 20, uh, 2009. So this was 13 seasons ago and Lane Kiffin was the head coach. It was 110,000 people in there. And and I remember I couldn't even hear myself think, uh, that's just how loud it was in there. And it's just, I've never forgotten that. And it's over a decade ago. And that just kind of, it just shows right that like, it's just a different level of football. And when some of these guys go out there and their passion is football and their goal is to be a football player, then, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of an uphill battle for a lot of these West coast schools to try to keep the talent home. And I think we're going to continue to see West coast players dominate at the college football level. We're going to take a short break, but we're going to get into some recruiting buzz. You are listening to the West of the rest podcast. Back on the West of the Rest podcast, you can follow the pod on Twitter before it gets annihilated and and deleted or whatever happens to the bot accounts. Uh, at West of the Rest FB, you could follow Brandon at Brandon Huffman. You could follow me at B Angulo. Let's get into some recruiting buzz. Huff Tausili Akana, the number one edge rusher out west, the number one player in the state of Utah, formerly of the state of Hawaii. He's committed to play in both the All American Bowl and the Polynesian Bowl. Has yet to make a college commitment, but he's taking the steps necessary to get to that point. I'm thinking he's going to get closer to the early signing period. December 21st is when the signing, the big signing day is. He just took an unofficial, or he just took an official visit to Texas A&M this past weekend in Huff. We have mentioned before that all signs point to Tausili Akana playing his college ball in the SEC, and despite the A&M Aggies losing to Florida, it, it does sound like A&M is a legit contender to eventually sign one of the best prospects out West. Yeah. And I think that they've continued to be a presence in his recruitment for some time. And then the visit obviously impacted him. And so, you know, with, with Tassili, there's a Texas angle too, University of Texas with his friend, Leonga LaFowl committed there with his sister playing volleyball there. But A&M has been a constant in his recruitment. And then you also have a school like at LSU involved. But this one is probably, with the exception of Mateo Uyangalele, Tassili might have the most fascinating recruitment of anybody out West that isn't committed yet. So it's going to be very interesting to see how these next six weeks ramp up because I think that you know, there are a few schools that feel that they have a legitimate shot at him, uh, but only one's obviously going to get him. 
But that one is going to be fascinating to to follow these next couple of weeks because you know we I've long thought Texas might be that the the favorite there, but Texas A&M has made it very very appealing. LSU made it very appealing, and others. So there's a lot more. I, I think a lot more juice still coming in Tosili's recruitment over these next four to six weeks. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're Tosili Akana and you're in the stands there at Kyle Field and you're looking at your phone and kind of checking scores and, and you know, obviously Texas A&M isn't going to win that game against Florida, but then you see, oh, look what LSU just did against Alabama and they're one of my top schools. Uh, you look at what Texas has been doing on the field and what they did to rival Oklahoma, which by the way is also one of the schools on his list. Uh, it, it's really interesting to see the differences between the contenders that are thriving on the field and some that are maybe stumbling and they're trajectory isn't as upward as as some others and i, I think that's going to be interesting to monitor like how 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 much does that matter to a player like him and to others in this class? Walker Lyons, one of the better tight ends in the country, committed to Stanford in the summer, and he's been pretty open about going out to other schools. He made it out to an unofficial to Utah earlier in the season, and this past weekend was at Georgia for an official. Now, you've gone in-depth about just the the process that he's going through. He's going to go on a two-year church mission after high school, so this is a delayed recruitment. This is maybe for something down the road. But it's very clear that Georgia is a serious contender now for Walker Lyons, despite his commitment to Stanford. 100%. And that's the thing that's making this so interesting with Walker is that he's not really a 2023 recruit. He'll sign in December and then he can come back. We mentioned it last week on the podcast that you know even then, if he signs with the school after a year, that NLI is no longer valid. But you know they're, the school he's committed to right now, again, offensive struggles and he's said even though Stanford is using their tight end the offensive struggles do have him concerned so where does he go he goes to visit Georgia that has two West Coast guys playing tight end that are Mackey Award semi-finalists one of them being a NorCal product like him and Brock Bowers he goes down there this weekend it's his fifth his final official visit and Georgia puts on a performance like that. And he talked about the experience down there, like Papa Fua did. Walker Lyons talked about that. And you, again, you go from a guy who the first game of the year he went to was USC at Stanford, kind of a stayed, you know, what's the word? Uh, laid back environment, as, as we'll call it, up on the farm. Then he goes to the Utah-USC game, which is a great environment, but still what is Rice Eccles seat? 50,000. Now you double that and you're seeing the defending champs that have a tight end that's a elite tight end who's from the same part of the state you are, and that resonates. So I don't think the Walker Lions recruitment is done by any sense of the word. If it was, he wouldn't have taken an unofficial to Utah in October, and he wouldn't have taken an official to Georgia this month. So another one that's very fascinating to watch that really has ripple effects on the 2024 class because there's another West Coast tight end in the 23 class that Georgia's still doing very well with. Yeah, edge of your seat stuff there with Walker Lyons. You mentioned he was at Utah. Another player that was at that same Utah game when they knocked off USC uh, was Caleb Lomu, top 24-7 offensive tackle. I, I mentioned him on the podcast last week. Got a chance to see him in Phoenix uh, in action and really liked what I saw out of him from a from a physical and from a developmental standpoint. I felt good enough, I think, Huff, this week to put in a crystal ball at long last for Caleb Lomu to end up signing with the Utah Utes. Now, this one is, is far 
far from over. The confidence level right now is medium. I, I don't feel 100% confident. I do like where the youth sit, but watch out for Michigan. Watch out for USC. He has taken four official visits. He wants to take five, uh, but now it just depends, right? I, I think playoff time begins. You start to figure out when you're e- even able to hit the road. Uh, Arizona started a little later this year than they usually do, so the high school football playoffs stretch into that first weekend and second weekend of, of December, so it kind of mixes things up, and it, it might affect his ability to get out to to take that fifth and final official visit, which would be to USC. Uh, I, I do think the Trojans are in a good spot to at least get him back on campus for an official. If he doesn't, then I, I think all signs point to being a, a Utah Ute down the road, Caleb Lomu, one of the better available offensive linemen in the country. Before we look ahead to this weekend and Texas hosting a number of West Coast recruits, let's look back to this past week, Huff, and Boise State's big week. Yeah, you know, they got a commitment out of the Bay Area. Kai Taylor at Pittsburgh High School, a kid that I've really been a fan of for a couple of years now, committed as a corner. He's ranked as an athlete right now, but he's going to go play cornerback at Boise State, was a longtime commit to Nevada, but then Boise State offered earlier in the season got him to come out for an official visit. Just a few days after the official visit, he actually decommitted from Nevada. And then on Tuesday, he announced his commitment to Boise State. So that's a great pickup there. Pittsburgh program, obviously, he's overshadowed a bit by Jaden Rashada, uh, Rashid Williams, Zach Picard, his two Pac-12 bound receivers. And that's part of the reason why he made the move to corner, despite having kind of a receiver background. Uh, they also got a commitment from Demanuel Brown out of Houston, Texas. We got him as an 86 right now, uh, top 100 edge nationally, but got him to commit after he took his official visit. And then uh, Ty Benefield out of Southern California, out of Orange County, uh, another guy that that announced for the Broncos this week. He's a receiver, had Pac-12 offers. So, you know, Boise State suffered their first home loss of the season this past weekend against BYU, but you know, it's one of those games where like, hey, that's a essentially a power five program. And Boise State BYU kind of have this like secret rivalry. It's not the Holy War like Utah and BYU, but BYU and Boise State have actually battled for a few recruits. And so while BYU got the win, Andy Avalos is winning off the field with three commitments this week. Yeah, we referenced Georgia and, and how they're thriving with West Coast players. And and we mentioned Jaden Daniels and what he's doing at LSU. And, and there's a number of examples all across the country. Well, how about this weekend as Texas gets gets ready to, to face TCU, a number four in the college football playoff, if, if I'm not mistaken, TCU and they have a number of West Coast players that are going to maybe serve as an example for some of the players that will be in the bleachers to watch them. Uh, Xavier Worthy, obviously one of the better receivers uh, from the West Coast. Uh, you have Bijan Robinson from the state of Arizona, former five-star running back. And it just so happens that one of the better running backs or one of the better receivers in the country will be there. DeAndre Moore committed to Louisville, took an official to Georgia this past weekend. He will be in Austin. And then two of the best players from the state of Arizona will also be there for officials. That would be Deuce Robinson, the nation's number one rated tight end. And USC commit Jacoby Lane is rumored to be going down to Austin as well. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian has been known to hit hit the West Coast, uh, even you know after leaving the West Coast. And I, I think his... His formula, his, his, I think his blueprint is very obvious here, Huff. He is trying to stockpile skill position players from the West region. And I think it's smart, you know, go get players from the West region. Obviously, it works when we say 
that Jaden Daniels and Bryce Young and, you know, Benjamin Morrison and all these guys are making plays, it's clear that these guys aren't afraid to play on the big stage. You look at John Robinson and Xavier Worley, if you see what those guys have done in Texas. Heck, you can go back to the last Heisman Trophy winner from Texas, San Diego kid. So Sark going where he's got those contacts, he's got those ties. It's a big reason why Bryce Young is at Alabama. And I think it makes sense for him to go because, as we've talked about ad nauseum, West Coast kids are willing to go. When you have a school like Texas, when you have a game like Texas against TCU where you've got game day coming, what a great environment, what a great setting, what a great atmosphere it's going to be in Austin. And Sark trying to strike by the irons hot a little bit there, getting those guys to come down because it's clear he knows where he wants his guys to come from. Yeah, it's going to be big for Deuce Robinson. Uh, A lot of smoke right now with Georgia. A lot of the crystal balls are still on USC, but Texas has that arch manning factor. And those guys have struck a relationship since the summer of 2021. I know that they communicate communicate frequently. Uh, Obviously, arch manning is recruiting Deuce to to be his number one target uh, once they arrive on campus. So, you know, I'm not really sleeping on Texas, especially with the baseball component and what they're able to do do on the diamond, uh, I'm not going to sleep on the Longhorns at all for the number one tight end in the country. Let's get into our recruit performance before we go. Uh, This past week, Tayshawn Lyons, Huff, you really like what he was able to do on the field and off the field. Yeah, big weekend for him. Obviously, you know, he had the unofficial visit down to Miami that he just got back from. He was down there for a couple of days. But on his senior night, his final high school game of the regular season, he had three touchdown receptions, 233 yards receiving, then got on a red eye to fly down to South Beach, went to the game at Miami. Uh, He announced the top eight last month, but it's pretty fluid. Since that top eight, he got an offer from Texas A&M. They're in the mix for him. He said Tennessee and Georgia have been talking to him extensively. They could offer, and this is another one of those players. He's, I think, the only four-star player in Northern California, and the only top 247 prospect in Northern California that's yet to make a decision. So, you know, we mentioned Akana, we we mentioned Mateo and Deuce, but there's another one, you know, out West that still has some suitors, both local and national. He's going to try to get up to Washington for an unofficial next weekend. He took his first official there back in the spring, uh, but he's a guy who's getting it done on the field with another productive night. There's a reason he moved into the top 247. And then keeping us busy with some of these visits and schools he's still looking at off the field. Yeah, so if you like our show, please give us a five-star rating. Also, leave a review, maybe with a recruiting question, and we'll go in there and try to maybe post a mailbag here as we approach the early signing period. Remember to subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel so you don't miss any of the upcoming live commitments and all the awesome shows and and news as well. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the College Football Recruiting Show. Uh, So for Brandon Huffman and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast.